Katie, I think we should talk about what I just overheard. <laughs> Here, I, like, I'm, as always, I'm on time, professional, False. reams of notes in front of me, well Five minutes late. Colored sticky notes, <laughs> ready to go. But then I overhear a pretty disturbing <laughs> domestic disturbance that I think you were hoping to sweep under the rug, but we can't let that happen. Okay, let's hear from your perspective, overhearing, my mic was plugged in, overhearing what just happened. How would you describe what just happened? You mentioned there was a fly. So yeah. I'm thinking, okay, this will take 30 seconds, catch the fly, shoot it away. <laughs> There's literally a song, Shoe Fly Don't Bother Me, you may <laughs> about how easy it is to just get a fly to go away. Instead, I hear 10 minutes of discussion and argument between you and Jana, some sort of clanking heavy machinery, <laughs> screams, explosions. I think it was literally uh, 10 minutes, which is a long time when you're waiting to record a podcast. Yeah. Did you did you eventually get the fly? How did this how did this be how did this escalate so quickly? I just want to know that. We got one of the flies, not the other fly. So I think the flies are evolving to become louder and more annoying because the last two days I've been woken up by flies buzzing in my bedroom. I, this The lesson here is that I need to get screens for my windows. We have no screens in this house. Uh, so And we leave the doors open all the time. Um, so, yes, yeah, so my, my studio is down in the basement. And so there's no windows in here, so I don't know where the flies came from. But there were flies in this room, and we have this, like, electric bug zapper that the racist across the street gave me. This will keep away the Jews. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's juicy has problems with it so much as the blacks. Anyway, uh, so I was like, I, I like can't kill things. I am, I am such a sensitive person that I can't kill things, even flies. So I, uh, I asked my my wife to. It's sort of a, a strange quality for someone as mean as I am. Um, but I asked my wife to come down here and help me. So she was running around the basement trying to kill these fucking flies. It sort of worked. You might hear some buzzing. I, I apologize for that. We spent literally 10 minutes. And you only heard the 10 minutes that we were on the mic doing it. We were doing it for another five minutes before. It is very hard to kill a fly, it turns out. You literally could not harm a fly is what you're saying. I couldn't. I mean, I can get other people to do it for me, though. <laughs> I outsource. Okay. Well, that was very exciting. One other thing I wanted to ask about, I, I want to pose a question to the, all our listeners, our millions of listeners before we start. Um I'm recording this from Oakland, California, quick in and out trip to California for a friend's wedding. I flew out of Newark, Newark, New Jersey, America's heartland. The second time in a row flying out of Newark, I overheard a call for a flight to Philadelphia. This will be lost on you because you don't know anything about the geography of our great Northeastern region. Nothing. Newark and Philadelphia are 80 miles apart. I wow! Because my brain is so broken and attention-addled, I'm fascinated by the idea of someone flying from Newark to Philadelphia or the other way when it would literally, it would just be quicker to drive when you account for security and everything. So I would like our listeners to weigh in on this important question. If you know someone who has made this flight, let me know. If you have, send me a first-person account of what it was like. I think this is really interesting stuff, and I want to get to the bottom of it. Do you think maybe it's just a like a transitional flight? Like people are just flying there so they can catch another flight out of Philadelphia to, I don't know, Pittsburgh? <laughs> I, have a, I have five layovers in my trip from, uh, from D.C. to Baltimore. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's weird. Like, that would just beg the – like in that case, why wouldn't you still just drive to the big airport? Anyway. Hey, some people don't have cars. There's other ways of getting around. So that's what's been going on with me. How about you other than your your fly genocide? Uh, well, I went to – this will surprise everybody, but I went to a party last weekend. What? I know. You were invited to a party and you Well, went. no. I wasn't invited to the party. My wife was invited to the party and I was uh, okay, I went along with her. Sense. Although we yeah. got to the party 
And I like I was like, can we bring, you know, let's bring Moose. And she was like, no, we're not going to be those people who just like bring the dog everywhere unless the host specifically says bring the dog. And I was like, we're going to fucking get there and there's going to be a bunch of dogs there. And I'm going to go home and get Moose. That's exactly what happened. We got to the party. How did she know there would be a bunch of dogs? How did I know there were a bunch of dogs? How did you know? Yeah. Because it's a, the owner has a dog and she has a big yard. The owner is a dog. <laughs> yes, because the owner is a dog. Of course, she wanted to invite some friends. No, because she has a dog and a big yard. And this is just, this is Washington. Like, there's always dogs at parties. So we got there. This is, this is Washington, <laughs> the state where everyone knows Everyone's there's dog. always dogs at parties. You know, I will say, Washington is not as dog-friendly as Oregon. There's some some locations here where you are not allowed to bring your dog, like, for instance. I thought that, I thought that there was no way either of us could come up with more boring regional minutiae <laughs> than why is anyone flying from Newark to Philly. <laughs> Quickly, you jumped into which state is more dog-friendly, Washington or Oregon? It's Oregon, because in Oregon, <laughs> you can take your dog almost anywhere, including probably, like, strip clubs and shit. You don't have to pretend that it's a fake service animal. And, and this is the reason I will someday live in Oregon— so in Washington State, in Washington, Washington, it is very difficult to find cross-country ski trails that are dog-friendly. In Oregon, very easy. You drive down the highway, and all of the Forest Service roads, like off of the highway, on the left side of the road, they're all dog-friendly. On the right side, they're not dog-friendly. Anyway, much superior state. Okay, so— Wait, what, what does— dog-friendly cross-country skiing even mean? This is the only way I can cross-country ski because what I do, I'm terrible at it, what I do is I put, I tie a leash around my waist and I attach the other end to Moose and he pulls me. Are you serious? He can do that? Oh, yeah. That's kind of cool. It's very fun. It's it's fun. It's it's like I fall every five minutes, every five seconds, but it's very fun. Anyway, back to the party. So go to the party. There's a bunch of dogs there. I immediately leave and go get Moose, drive 20 minutes back. That's the end of that part of the story. The important part is that a friend was there, an old friend of my wife's. He's male. We'll call him uh, for the purposes of this, this story. We'll call him Jesse. We'll call him John. It's got to be a less gender neutral name. Uh, and John, he is an athlete and he does bike racing. And he told us the story that a couple weeks ago he did a bike race. He does these like gravel bike races, which is a new sport that I've only heard of because a like famed gravel bike racer was murdered recently. Wild story in Outside Magazine about that. And so he did this race, and he was racing with another friend who was there. We'll call him Greg. And Greg and John are kind of competitive with each other. And Greg beat John by, like, 30 minutes in this race. And so after the race, they were all standing around, and they were all very surprised to hear John's name called to the podium because John lost, not just, like, he wasn't even, like, in the top 100. like. Greg was like in like play, like the 40th place and he beat John by 30 minutes. So John is very confused about this and he goes up to the podium and it turns out that they were announcing the winners for the non-binary category. John is not non-binary. John is a man. He's a straight man. Cis straight man. Somehow, I don't know what happened, but somehow he got confused for like a non-binary person and he was uncomfortable with this. So he said to the to the organizers like, I don't know what happened. I'm not non-binary. And they put the microphone down and they said, please just take it. (laughs) He got got all these prizes. He got like new tires and like a medal and shit. (laughs) So now he's non-binary. I'm sorry. Now they're um, (laughs) non-binary. One other quick travel story. We... (laughs) I went out with two good friends for ramen last night in the, like, I guess the hip 
one of the hip. God, I thought you were going to say Ramadan. For Ra- I went with my two friends for Ramadan. I would have invited you if it was Ramadan. <laughs> we went to a like a, a craft beer bar after just for a quick drink, and they had a long. It was they had one of those safe space signs about how, as opposed to the other bars in Oakland and Berkeley, which are just right. rife with explicit racism, this was a safe space. But they listed, I think, ten different types of bigotry that were outlawed. But I was I was asking myself, could you go in there and just stand up and be like? I hate Polish people. And then when they're like, hey, that's not cool, you'd be like, not on the list. I'm allowed to do it. You can't legally kick me out for that. Jesse, Polish people are white, so it's probably fine. That's true. Uh, and they're just, I mean, we, we've made clear how we feel about Polish I think people. you can call them Polacks on this podcast. Why is that racist? I've said, I've, I can say this. I have partial Polish ancestry, so I can make fun of Polish people, Ukrainians, Russians, Lithuanians. What can you make fun of other than lesbians? Irish, women, podcasters. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> women. Anyone I want, really. Katie, what is the name of this increasingly fly-infested podcast? This is Blockton Reported, and I'm Katie Herzog. And I'm Jesse Single, and boy, do we have a show today. We do have a show today. What's on the docket? Not sure. You tell me. Well, at some point in the show, we are going to be talking about conservative outrage over the recent firing of two employees at a Lululemon in Atlanta. But first we have an update. This is about a story we talked about last week. This was the case of Sarah Jane Comrie, a pregnant physician's assistant who was caught on camera in New York City, engaged in some sort of, I mean, basically a hate crime, right? Mm-hmm. No, some sort of altercation with some black teenagers over a city bike. She wanted the city bike. They said it was there. She said it was hers. She was deemed a Karen on the basis of the claim that she'd more or less stolen a city bike from one of the kids in the video, that she'd pretended to cry, and so on. This led to a massive wave of online hatred, mostly led by Katie, uh, and to her workplace calling the incident disturbing and suspending her to launch an investigation. Then her lawyer posted a receipt, which seemed to show that it was her city bike, At which point the narrative flipped, at least partially, to the idea that she'd been wrongly accused of Karening. And what could be worse than a false accusation of Karening? Then it flipped again because we heard from News News One, I guess, a tabloid outlet that had already posted a bunch of very inflammatory articles about Comrie, including one comparing her to the woman at the center of the controversy that got Emmett Till lynched. Cool analogy, bro. Uh, This outlet, News One, publishes a long reported piece based on interviews with the kid and his family. They had their own receipts, and they showed that this kid had basically had that bike all day and was riding it from place to place with his friends. He's on a reduced fare program, and after 45 minutes on a given ride, a higher fare kicks in, both for reduced fare people and, I think, normal riders. Um, The rate goes up. So after before 45 minutes, told he would stop the bike and dock it so he could take it out again at the reduced fare after some waiting period. He and his friends said that she asked for the e-bike, e-bike being a key distinction here because e-bikes like help propel you, whereas regular bikes don't. And at, at New York City, city bike docks, e-bikes are very much in demand. Demand. Um, he's He and his friend said that they were... S- Wait, let me stop you for a second. And you guys only have city bike. There's no other companies doing bike rentals in, in New York, right? Yeah, I think city bike has a total monopoly. Is that is that true in most cities? I mean, in Seattle, I, as far as I know, like there's like 45 different e-bikes 
strewn across the sidewalk at any given time of different brands. You're such a libertarian. And then all of these bikes eventually end up in the water at some point. That's just the inevitable course of it. <laughs> that's that's yeah. where a bike's yeah. natural home at the end of his life. Um, okay, yeah. So she she's pregnant. She wants an e-bike. He, uh, this kid and his friends and, and his mom in the story say that they were like hanging out by the bikes. She asked for them. They said no. She reached out and scanned the bike. Um, and then a minute or later during the altercation, one of them pushes the bike back into the dock. This explains why her receipt shows she had had taken it out for a minute. Um, do you, does that, that's more or less where we were at. That's like the factual basis, right? Am I missing anything? As far as I know, yes, that's what happened. In our episode, I said that I thought the News One article mostly favored the kid and his family's account. Like, despite this not... Oh, yeah. I mean, the article didn't, like, it wasn't up for, up for debate in the article. The article, like, they, they have a whole vertical on this website about Karen's. Well, well, no, no, but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying even though it was not a trustworthy outlet, I thought this article was, like, sufficiently reported that I thought maybe the accusation of Karening wasn't false in this case. Gotcha. I re- I re-listened to our segment and we, we didn't like deliver a searing verdict or indictment or anything. We just, I thought that this nudged us significantly in the kid in the direction of believing the kid and Katie, you accurately pointed out that it's insane. This was a national story, which is a, a point I want to return to. Anyway, our listeners really didn't like the way we covered this. A post popped up on our subreddit by a, by a user called <clears throat> emotions are gay. <laughs> Are you offended by that, Katie? No, I'm just emotional. I'm not gay. You're not. You're coming out as straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for Pride Month. Emotions are gay. Post something to our subreddit called "Bar Botched the City Bike Karen Story." What they got wrong. Now, we'll include a link to this. You can read it if you want. You can decide for yourself. A, a few of the points are fair. For one thing, in our segment, I mentioned that News One said the kid was in the City Bike Angels program where people earn points by helping smooth out supply problems by riding bikes from place to place for free. That wasn't actually relevant to this controversy because on the day in question, he wasn't doing that. He was just riding the bikes around. We also didn't focus enough on the fact that the kid was basically squatting on the bike according to the available receipts. So he checked it in and then just waited for this period to elapse so he could check it out again for free. And he wouldn't. And let- how long's the period? I forget what it was. I want to say 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. And he wouldn't let someone else have it when they needed it. Um, that's it. It's so it's, it'll be easy for someone to go online and check the amount of time. It's like it's not like two or three minutes. It's it's significantly more than that, but not that much time. Uh, that's a crappy thing to do, especially if it's a pregnant woman seeking an e-bike. The author of the post writes, "Quote: Jesse says in the episode that it is his bike when legally, by the rules of city bikes and just in common courtesy, a bike that is docked is available to anyone." All caps. Even if she was being rude by scanning the bike from under him, I do not think that justifies a physical altercation in which he forces the bike back into the docking station. End quote. That's fair. Emotions are gay. <laughs> also notes that the GoFundMe is a little weird. So this is the family's GoFundMe. Um, Comrie initially. Because there's two, right? Yeah, uh, well, call, yeah, Comrie launched one for like legal fees because she was getting like, her name was getting dragged all over the place. Um, so she launched one for, for legal fees. The family did two. They've now raised more than $95,000. This GoFundMe will link to just so you can see what it is. It's, well, damn, he's going to be able to afford a lot of city bikes now. It, it, so this says it'll go to the family. And like, I, I honestly don't care if people who can afford it want to donate to this family that I, I guess is like an immigrant family without a huge amount of money. But it's just a little bit weird because like it's unclear what they would need legal fees for, which are mentioned. Maybe we should have pointed that out. I don't think this kid's name or the family's name are, are out. They might be in like conservative spaces I don't have access to, but he definitely wasn't 
dragged and reputationally demolished the way she was. So I, the GoFundMe stuff is weird. Um, well, maybe now he can buy an e-bike. Problem there solved. You go. My single e-bike. Uh, overall, I sort of, I don't know what you thought, Katie. I thought like the angry response to our segment was a little bit over the top. It, it wasn't as though we delivered some like final verdict and I'm not sure what it was we got wrong factually. I think these are mostly matters of opinion, but mostly I'm just like, I'm grossed out by this whole thing. Seriously. So to echo a point you made, Katie, and that you emotions are gay if you are listening made, it's just fucking insane that this is a national story. If two white people got in a fight over City Bike, it wouldn't be a national story. Or two black people or Latino ones. But there's this like psychotic and I think really unhealthy fascination with white black tension and white black interpersonal interactions, not things like Interactions with police, which are very important. It's very important that people that the police pe- treat people equally, treat people fairly. That's not what this is. This is just like everyday bullshit. And these this psychotic fascination with white-black interactions on the part of people who I really do think want to stoke racial tensions and who will then use any excuse to portray a story in a racialized light. So I agree with the Reddit poster that there's zero evidence to suggest Comrie was racist and that the cavalcade of commentary calling her that was really unfair. We have no idea how she'd react under different circumstances. Like she just finished a long shift and was pregnant and wanted to go home and she might've acted in a somewhat shitty way, but so what? That's not a story. Like you'd need a pretty cartoonish view of human nature or her nature. And you don't know her to think that like if he'd been white teenagers, she'd be like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll just walk. You guys are white. So you can squat on the bikes. Um, I think it's much more likely she was just focused on getting home and thought the kids were being dicks, which they were. And she got a little bit over aggressive by trying to like swipe the bike under one of them when like, I don't know, just move on. I feel bad for, but like, don't, don't push the issue. People are jerks sometimes. It's New York. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, like teenagers are dicks sometimes. That's not a story either. Uh, no one did anything here worse than like a minor breach of politeness or city bike etiquette. This is all so nothing that if you called a cop over it, the cop would like probably laugh at you and just be like, I've got more important stuff to do than to litigate a fight over a fucking e-bike. Uh, it's just, it's a nothing incident. So I think it's really, really bad that we gave so much attention to something like this. Uh, but we sort of, we end up getting dragged into it as a show because otherwise it like, it does spiral into something really un- insane and unfair that can cause someone a lot of reputational damage that isn't warranted. But I sort of hope we never have to talk about this very dumb story ever again. And did you have any final or further thoughts on this, Katie? I mean, there were like hundreds of comments in the Reddit thread. I didn't read them. I was hoping that you would have something more substantive than that we got wrong than just like it's a matter of opinion. And frankly, I'm like not sure that I trust your analysis of this. <laughs> like we got we got one email. Let me just read you a little bit from this email. This email. This is from someone who is very like uses city bikes and is very familiar with them. These kids were 100% abusing and cheating the system, exploiting a loophole and negatively impacting many city bike users every time they do this, not just one unfortunate nurse. Later, the reader says, it's clear to me simply from the screenshots and statements provided by the family themselves that these kids were 100% in the wrong and should not even be allowed to have a city bike membership, at least not unless they are held accountable and promise to use it in an appropriate and courteous manner. So I think that's worth like worth talking about were they 100% in the wrong here did you figure that out but in what other but in what other situation i'm sure you're not supposed to squat on city bikes i'm sure they were being dicks about it but this is like the most 
I, that's what I said. I'm, I'm sure you're not allowed, to, like, supposed to do that. But like, why are we commenting on whether a bunch of teenagers, given just like the amount of casual disorder and street crime and everything else, it's just such a bizarre. We're litigating whether like a group. We've already said it was completely unfair that she was dragged across the coals for this. Um, it all the available evidence, like I said, suggests they were squatting on the city bikes, which they sh- which they shouldn't do. But my argument is just like this is so discouraging that we're now litigating this. But you wanted to do another segment about this, so we've already devoted now two segments to this. So I just I think well because this was like a blow up, like we've never. I'm not sure we've ever had this much negative response to it. I, I just that's sort of my point is like it felt like we should respond to it because it was a giant 422 upvoted thread on this. I guess what I'm saying is I don't think it's going to alleviate the situation or like pacify anybody who is mad about this if our conclusion here is that this whole thing was stupid and we shouldn't be talking about it in the first place while continuing to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> should we should we contact City Bike and ask them if they have banned the kid? Like, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I think you should. I'm sort of like, what I'm saying is that you did, that this is a low effort by Jesse and that like you got to bring more to the table, man. You got to bring us some more, some new information. <laughs> oh no, yeah, I didn't plan on doing further reporting on this. <laughs> I just I looked God at all it, no, dude. I looked at all the God I, looked, damn it. <laughs> I looked at all the receipts and timestamps, and I I agree. Like they were they were squatting, <laughs> but I don't. What, what should we do? They squatted on this. Oh, like what do you what do okay? What do you think we should do in terms of the? What does that leave us? They were squatting on a city bike. Okay, what so what should we say or do about that? I mean nothing. This is this is a stupid story. I just. Like maybe this is too too meta and too much analysis of the podcast that we're making while we're making the podcast, but why are we doing another segment on this if our conclusion is if we like we don't have any corrections, we don't have any updates. Why are we doing a segment on this? Well the, no the correct I think the corrections are like me call okay, the actual if you want to get super substantive, the things we did most wrong were calling it his bike, not focusing enough on the we wouldn't have had to do this follow-up if I think we could have uh, like turned it into a quick, just want to clarify a couple things. If I'd been clearer about the actual chronology of the receipts and the fact that like, it really looks like they were squatting on that. Um, and the other thing is the asymmetry where like, she gets fucking called a Karen. She gets compared to a lyncher on the basis of no evidence. That's crazy. I'm sure this kid got some negative shit from conservatives, but it's like, that sucks, but I don't think his name even got out there. So I just, I just, I do think this like disproportionately impacted her, and maybe that's what people are responding to. But at the end of the day, I don't know. This does keep. I think it's a story that we. This keeps happening with these fucking piddling little things that become national stories. I, I don't know. I just, I what, I don't know what to do about that. It sucks. Okay. Well, I have an actual correction to the story. Here we'll get Uh-oh. some. We'll get some substance. I apparently I heard from uh, one very angry listener who I happen to live with that. I miss, uh, not misgendered, I mispositioned the woman, Sarah Comrie. She's not a nurse. She's not a nurse. She's a PA. Look, in my defense, I use nurse as a term of respect. I call everybody (laughs) I respect nurses. Doctors. I call doctors, anybody who wears scrubs is a nurse. Doctors, I call them nurses. Dentists, I call them nurses. Veterinarians, also nurses. Porn stars, I also call them nurse. It is a sign of respect. Jana. She, she was coming off a 12-hour shift as a nurse, by which I mean uh, Okay, work. so that's the other thing that Jana said, my wife, who is a nurse, uh, ab- not a PA, an actual nurse, said after listening to our segment and watching the video of this woman, she said, looking at her face, this is the face. She does not have the face of a nurse. <laughs> this is the face of a woman who has just worked a 12-hour shift, who yeah. has just seen some shit, and all she wants to do 
is, is go get home. home. Yes. Which, and, you know, I assume she was probably doing TikToks. There are lots of TikTok <laughs> dances that take place in hospitals. It can be very exhausting to go viral, <laughs> as we both know, on uh, on the internet. So my apologies for that. Jesse apologizes for nothing. I apologize for that. It's interesting that this actually I supports your claim that this was low effort on my part because I listened back to the segment and I didn't notice you calling her a nurse. I should have called that out. This is obviously low effort on your part. God damn it, Jesse. <laughs> you're gonna fucking, I'm you're taking you all f- next week by yourself. Well, I, I'm already doing that. But about what else should we have said? Well, I don't know because I don't think the key facts are in dis- I don't think the key facts are in dispute though because they do it's so so well received. I don't know what we should have said because I didn't read the hundreds of comments. <laughs> I read a lot of them. They were mostly Okay, let's respond to every everyone now. If my Bar- Baroness von bullshit <laughs> says, wait, there's a modest mouse out. Baron von bullshit rides again. If my nearly adult son jostled the six month pregnant nurse getting off work with his friends, called her a bitch, and told her her child was going to be retarded, I would lose my mind at him. I guess that was chatter from the video. That seems really bad, but none of this fucking matters. All right, that's it. Um, well, was your son a BIPOC or is your son a white man? I think we need to know. <laughs> right. We don't know the races of the people involved. Should we move on? Yeah. Now I'm trying to see if there's any particularly crazy comments. I should have. Right, yeah, let's move on. Fuck this. We're not mentioning this story again. Anyone who emails this story again, we will have you arrested. <laughs> we'll take away your city bike membership. Should we do uh, housekeeping? Let's do it. This is a high effort podcast <laughs> called Blocked and Reported. <laughs> You can go to blockedreport.org. You can become a part of an amazing community with lengthy comment threads about how we butchered the bike Karen, Karen, city bike Karen story. Uh, more importantly, you can become a premium subscriber where for just $5 a month and up, you get three extra episodes a month. Our most recent one was about AMA. Oh, it was an ask us anything. Yeah. But it also included an important segment on, and I found this very exciting. Katie really dished some dirt about her real life nemesis. This isn't Twitter I have bullshit a new anymore. One too, Katie's, that. Katie's unpleasant personality has <laughs> <laughs> spread into real life. And she has she has someone who lives near her who she's now enemies with. So if you want to hear that, go to blockchainreported.org and become a uh, premium subscriber. What else we got, Katie? What else should we tout? Have you seen the new merch? There's new merch. There is new merch. So on the last show, uh, I believe we jokingly said that if someone made a Primo Donna t-shirt, a Primo Donna image. Yeah. So uh, a listener wrote in and said for AMA, if I complain and ask way too many questions, can I get a special Primo Donna t-shirt featuring an adult man wearing a diaper and 19th century infant bonnet sobbing on it? If that sexually arouses you as much as it sexually arouses me, you're in luck because we have introduced that as merch. Thank you to the listener who drew that up for us. Yes, this is Pink Stills. Pink Stills is also the guy who made the uh, amazing animation. Did you ever watch that, Jesse? Oh, shit. I still haven't watched that. I meant to. And we have an amazing audio thing that we're going to play next week. Remind me because I want to get that some attention to. We also have hats. We now have hats. Check it out. Barpod merch dot. Those are just vanilla Barpod hats? They're not vanilla. Well, no, no vanilla. They like have the, the good logo. Comfort. Okay. First of all, vanilla is one of the best ice cream flavors, so I meant that in a good way. But yeah, just the logo. They're not just plain white. You can also get them in black and maybe some other color. Um, Jesse, anything else for housekeeping? Yeah. What about our Reddit? Oh, yeah. We have a Reddit. Where, where there's a lot of criticism. Blotterimported.reddit.com. So yeah, that's our uh, subreddit. Uh, and if you want to email us comments... Um, I'm obviously joking a little bit. We're always open to criticism. I was just, I got exasperated about that story more so than the response to it, but blotterimportedpodcast at gmail.com. 
Oh, also the iTunes wars. We're falling behind on our. I'm checking right now. Fuck, Katie, I've got bad news. Shit. We're at 4.6. Oh, that's bad. Back in 2021, there was a giant war between 4.6 and 4.7 in terms of our star rating on Apple Podcasts. They call it Russia's invasion of, uh, of, Apple, of, Pot, yeah. of Apple Music. <laughs> Vladimir Putin was directly involved. Uh, but yeah, we could really use some five-star reviews. And to whet your appetite for five-star reviews, Katie, I think we should just read a couple of the one-star reviews right now so okay. people can see the forces of evil they're fighting against. All right, let's can, you pull, can you pull up the page? Uh, let's let's uh, switch off. Jimbo 5420, uh, earlier this month, the subject line, horrible. <laughs> the text, horrible, period. Oh, That's it. Wow. Um, if you're a bigot, this show is for you. <laughs> okay, well, selling point. But then, you know, you know we're in the right because another one, woke apologetics. <laughs> I was on the I was in on the ground floor as a paid subscriber, but canceled my membership after realizing I was skipping segments, even whole episodes, because Katie's and Jesse's criticism of woke politics was becoming increasingly mild. So, Katie, I think we should quadruple down on wokeness uh, because there's not podcasts that do that already. Okay, yeah, I'm fine. We can use a rebrand. I hate drag queens. Oh yeah, absolutely, groomers, all of them. Read Never a Dem. Do you see that by Super Stepper? <laughs> Never a dem. So that's as in Democrat. So Katie, better to vote for the authorit- authoritative dem, squelch free speech rather than give the power back to states and then to people. No, I know Republicans hate me, but I think future generations have a better chance to survive than New World Order. Build back better, gang. Okay. All right. What's the date on that one? Authoritative dems. I think they mean yeah. authoritarian. Yeah. Anyway, these are the one star comments. So if you want to fight these comments, give us one star. <laughs> no, wait, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Don't give us one star. Okay. Uh, should we move on? Yes. We're going to talk about Lululemon, right? You're going to talk about it? Yes. Uh, so, Jesse, I saw you came back to Twitter this week. Yeah. Provisionally. We'll see how it goes. But I actually, I had to because they, um, when I logged off a couple months ago, you could log off for a full year uh, without losing your account. Now they've changed it, so you have to be back within 30 days. Did you follow the big drama yesterday with Matt Walsh's Walsh's movie, What is a Woman? Apparently, Twitter seems to be torn on whether or not What is a Woman is hate speech, and Elon Musk is a big fan of it, which makes things fraught, right? Well, he had I don't think he'd seen it, so I don't know all of the details here, but they were going to show, do like a screening of the movie on Twitter, which is, that's definitely where I want to, where I go to, to watch cinema. And uh, it was being censored. It was being like throttled, the the Daily Wire tweet of this, like you couldn't share it. I just got another email about the city by Karen. Oh my God, what's this one say? I was pretty stunned and disappointed in your take regarding the confrontation between the pregnant nurse, uh, <laughs> fact check, looking to use a bike to get home after work in the teens. Who t- it's very long, but it's it's points we made. They're fair points. This person is going to love this episode. Um, okay, so <laughs> so Matt Walsh's movie, so they were going to screen it. The Daily Wire was going to screen the whole thing for free. It was like the year anniversary of it premiering. And of course, they do this during Pride Month. And Twitter was was censoring it, like they were throttling this, the distribution. And Elon, like, do we know the detail? Like, people, sorry, not to interrupt, but like, people often get confused over what's actually being censored. Do we know exactly what Twitter was or wasn't doing, or is it sort of speculation? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't share it, so that's a pretty clear indication that it was being censored. Hmm. I think you could possibly quote tweet it. Yeah. Um, and then, and and the reason for this was, I think Elon's trying not to spook advertisers. So he didn't want it to show up like 
I don't know how it works, but he didn't want to show show it up, wanted to show up between ads, I guess. Anyway, so uh, what's her name? The the head of trust and safety. She resigned over this. Elon today tweeted out the link saying that she resigned over them over them changing it. So they or I don't know if she resigned or she was fired, but he said there was a typo in it. He said like director related. Somebody asked like, did Ella Ella Irwin leaving? Does this have something to do with the movie? And he replied, director related. I think he meant directly related. Either way, that's what you want is you want your CEO, a good comm strategy is to have CEOs directly answering questions in tweets with misspellings. Right. I think that's a good way to do it. Yep. Yeah. This is, this is as effective as his uh, comms team replying to any request for an interview with the poop emoji. Poop emoji, yeah. Apparently they do. Uh, yeah. So it was high drama on Twitter yesterday. Elon was bad. Then Elon's good again because he apparently likes the movie and tweeted uh, – Every parent in America should see this. <laughs> okay, so anyway, that's what happened yesterday. Um, and I'm I'm glad that you're. Sounds like you weren't paying attention to this, but I'm I am glad that you're back on Twitter. In part because you're my lol cow, and I like to milk you, and also because it's your fucking job, and you haven't been doing <laughs> it, and you need to start doing your job. Um, and also because something sort of interesting has happened on Twitter since Elon took over, and I, I want you to witness this. So you know how over the last few years before Elon took over Twitter, the app tended to elevate stories of liberal outrage, like the guy complaining about the girl who wore a Chinese dress to prom, you know, my culture is not your costume, or like Noah Berlatsky's 12-part investigation into Miss Piggy's abuse of Kermit, or like every one out of every two tweets during the summer of 2020. A lot of outrage. You remember that? Yeah. Although, I mean, maybe you're circling back to this. I'm not sure... It was particularly liberal outrage that was elevated because I feel like there's plenty on both sides. But tell me if you're getting that eventually. Well, I think until Elon took over, I'm just speaking about my feed. Until Elon took over, my feed was almost all liberal outrage. And this could be coincidental. It could be algorithm changes. It could be that liberals were more outraged and it has nothing to do with Elon. Uh, But I'm seeing a ton. Now I'm seeing a ton of conservatives complaining on Twitter and I think that it maybe has to do with the algorithm, algorithm changes, and the For You tab, which is a, a new thing that Elon started. Can you explain what the For You tab is for people who aren't on Twitter? Yeah, I mean, the For You tab basically just suggests tweets you might be interested in, right? Yeah, but it's not, and it's the default setting. So instead of when I open up the app, instead of it showing me a feed of people I opt in to follow, it's showing me all of this content that I didn't ask to follow. And maybe I'm seeing it because I like click on it or I bookmark it or whatever. But what I'm seeing on that tab is largely outraged conservatives whipping themselves into a lather. That's what's being fed to me. This is from this is from your account. Yeah, from my account. I I had an interesting sort of natural experiment on this because when I shut down my Twitter account, I did at J Single Feed as a account just to tweet my stuff out. Zero followers. I was shocked by the way the For You tab was populated with the... Trans shit? All kinds of shit. The most outrage-inducing bullshit. I would say split about 50-50 from both sides. It was literally like it was trying to feel me out to see what I would respond to, but it, mm-hmm. it was so much outrage stuff. And it was like, I don't know. I don't know what access it has to my email and stuff, but it was a fresh account with no followers. So it really disturbed me the way like a fresh account was just immediately steered toward outrage shit. Do you think that this has gotten – well, I guess you didn't have a fresh account on old Twitter. But do you think that there's more outrage since Elon took over? It's hard to say because there's like different forces moving in different directions. Some people did leave. Right. They were mostly libs. Um, 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's also doing their it's outrage also elsewhere. opaque, and like anything you notice might be a genuine change, or it might be like tweaks to the algorithm that are invisible to us. It's really hard to say. Yeah, that's true. But re- regardless, conservatives have been very pissed over recent weeks, at least on Twitter. There's various reasons for this. Target's Pride merch. We discussed this last week. This week it was J. Crew's Pride merch. Libs of TikTok found a shirt that said "Love is for everybody." I think that might actually have been stolen from Jesus. But she's a Jew, so that's why she hated it. <laughs> Wait, they're mad about a sh- Wait, sorry. She's mad about a shirt that just says love is for everybody? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I feel like you're... Are you lying? No, it's a it's a kid's shirt. Okay, whatever. Uh, they're also mad about a Christian film having a pride flag on set, Chick-fil-A hiring a DEI executive, and the Dodgers honoring this body drag troupe called Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence on Pride Night. A chi- a, Wait, body drag, body drag, body troop? like B A W D, body. Can I just say like uh, Chick Fil A hiring, which is a Christian company? Yeah, close on hiring a DEA coordinator D-I- is the ultimate expression of <laughs> that would be different. DEA, 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 but that's like the ultimate victory of capitalism because they're just responding to market forces and to like corporate suits thinking the people want this or that. So that's like very capitalist. Yeah, what the people buying $4 chicken sandwiches really want is their sandwiches to be anti-racist. <laughs> okay, so, but aside from the Chick-fil-A thing, do you sense a theme here? A lot of pride stuff. Yeah, they're like, there's been, I mean, we've talked about this. It's like the stuff, it, people, it's not like when gay marriage won legally, people stop being mad about LGBT stuff. And there's like a small subset of this where we're in some agreement about like, being careful about blockers and hormones for kids, but then there's just a lot of just like socially conservative outrage over everything that seems to be getting worse. The Bulwark talked about this on their podcast, and there was this somebody asked, like, you know, why is there this new resurgence of homophobia? And the answer was basically trans issues. And I yeah. think that's accurate. I think this is all sort of spilling over from trans issues. Anyway, um, so I do think that one of those things actually is a little outrageous. Can you guess which one would offend me? Which of of the ones you mentioned? Yeah, the J. Crew shirt, the Christian flag, Chick Fil A, the Dodgers. I already forget what two of them were because my brain doesn't mm-hmm. work, so I don't know. Okay, well, it's Dodgers. Do you know what the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence is? No, it's you said it was body. I know you don't like you don't like outward expressions of sexuality. You're very conservative. Okay, so this is a essentially a drag troupe. It's been around since the 1970s, and it's basically gay men and probably now some trans people satirizing Catholicism. It's funny and transgressive, very transgressive. Like they hold a hunky Jesus contest in Dolores Park in San Francisco on Easter Sunday. <laughs> Andrew Sullivan criticized this heavily a few years ago. Andrew said, you want to grow some balls? Hold a hunky Muhammad contest on Ramadan. <laughs> and by the way, thanks for doing your bit to empower every religious right prejudice about gays. I think he does have a point there. They also raise money for good causes, age education, things like this. And so when I saw the outrage over this on Twitter, my first thought was like, oh, my God, the humorless scolds, the bigots doing their humorless scold bigotry again. But then I saw this tweet by Robert George. He's the Catholic scholar who has famously done a lot of work with Cornell West. He said this. If men wearing hijabs were to prance around mocking Muslim women, insulting Islam and faithful Muslims, and ridiculing the sayings of the Prophet Muhammad, their bigotry would be widely and rightly condemned. What would the Los Angeles Dodgers do? Praise them? Give them an award? I think he's right about this. I didn't initially see it. Andrew also, in his comparison to Islam, what they do is just, it's just not inappropriate for an event with a diverse audience, like a baseball game. 
Am I being too prudish here? No, I, I, no, I get it. I mean, it's sort of like know your audience. I, I, of course, would defend to the death. Well, maybe not to the death. <laughs> defend this troop's right to exist and to not be hurt. It's a, it's a classic free speech issue. Religiously transgressive stuff. But the right. question of like, I can't really blame people getting mad if they go to a baseball game and their religious beliefs are shit on. That's not right. why you go to a baseball game. And of course, he's right that if it was uh, ridiculing Islam, which is like Christianity, a very powerful force in the world, people would lose their shit. So there's obviously some, um, you know, incoherence there, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's okay to insult Catholics on this podcast or, like, in our own homes. I, we do that all the time. But you've got to be more sensitive if you're a big, diverse brand, like a fucking city baseball team. Luckily, we are a small, <laughs> monolithic yeah. brand. No, I don't think this requires a boycott or, like, a multi-day meltdown. This story has actually grown because – a Dodger released a statement being like, I don't agree with this, and then walked it back after probably public pressure or pressure from his bosses. But I can see... Wait, that I, he didn't agree with right. the performance. Yeah, he was like, I'm Catholic. This is But insulting. this is just like... I, th- okay, so back in the day, we would make fun of conservatives for saying things like they're trying to ram gay marriage down our throat. That's so Which, first of all, is hilarious because of blowjobs. But it's, it's a ridiculous argument because... Because it's truly the case that nobody is going to force you to get gay married. I mean, maybe if John Kerry had won, that was a big mm-hmm. part of his uh, platform. But um, it's a little bit different, and it's maybe you're maybe you're not like choosing the right battles. If that that is sort of rubbing people who don't agree with you's faces in it, they're just going to a fucking baseball game. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, any right. kind of like public protest or performance. People have a right to do it, and other people have a right to walk the other way or look away. I just I just think like maybe people aren't always. There's like winning the culture wars, which we liberals have mostly done. And then there's like being a bad sport about it or like trying to be provocative in front of audience where is where that's like not a productive thing to do. Does that make any sense? Maybe am I being prude here? No, I think you're right. You just you got to like I, I'm bad at this myself, but you got to read the room sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, all of this is to say this is a long preamble to get to. What we're actually here to talk about today, what I'm saying is basically, I think that that one did deserve some outrage. What we're going to talk about today did not deserve the outrage. Jesse, are you familiar with the brand Lululemon, sometimes mispronounced Lululemon? Lululemon. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, yoga pants and stuff. Yeah. Cool. Nailed it. So Lululemon is in the news this week after two employees were fired from a store in Atlanta after a shoplifting incident. Conservatives are very pissed off about this, and I will explain why later. But first, let's talk a little bit about the company. So it's based in Canada. It was founded in 1998, and they sell the sort of leggings most commonly found at yoga studios or in the airport. It's not high-end, but it's not low-end either. Middle-end? Is that a thing? A pair of leggings is like 100 bucks. Shirts are like 60 or $80. Hundred? Wait, leggings cost $100? Yeah, these, these ones do. I... That's interesting. Is that high end? I don't know. Can you just charge women more for clothes? I'm sure someone's looked at this. Yes. I don't know okay. Well, I Which think is like, why I buy all of my clothes in the little boy section. Well, right. And that best fits your body and type. And they fit better. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about how like when I buy jeans, 50 or 60 bucks gets me a pair of jeans that'll last three years. One pair of leggings. Well, think about like a haircut, like a woman's haircut. And this one I think is especially annoying. Hey, wait, let me guess how much a woman's haircut sure. costs, not knowing. Um, $10,000. It's close. I mean- It depends on where you go. Like at some 
Like at some places now, they differentiate haircuts not by sex or gender, but by short hair or long hair. Gender identity. <laughs> gender identity. But a long haircut is typically more than a short haircut, which I've always found weird because a long haircut, in some ways you'd think it'd be easier. You're just like cutting the hair on the bottom of the hair. Whereas a short haircut, you use the razor, you do all of these layers and all of that stuff. Yeah. It's unfair. It's women's hacks. Sexism. Okay. Yeah. So uh, sexism per- perpetuated by uh, hairstylists. So at one point, these these leggings were considered like fairly – like really good quality for mass market clothing. I believe that has changed somewhat in the past 10 years. Like I messaged with a friend. I was looking for people who worked at Lululemon. I messaged with a friend who worked at Lululemon in 2012 and 2013, and she reminded me at the time the big scandal – and this was like national news – was that they moved production overseas and the quality tanked. And the whole scandal back then was that their pants were such – poor quality that they were actually see-through. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah. And there was actually a recall and the company was sued by investors over these pants. Although I joined a gym. I told you I joined Planet Fitness. And after seeing what people wear to the gym these days, I think maybe now people would pay extra for see-through <laughs> yoga pants. Yeah. Have you seen those like booty shorts, those like butt lifting booty shorts at the gym? Yeah. It's like a, even at my low class gym, I've... Uh, I, I can't say I haven't noticed it. I mean, they're impossible not to notice. Because I'm wearing it. Because I'm wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but see through leggings gate was neither Lululemon's first nor their last scandal. I Jesse, I would honestly pay money. I will buy you a pair of those booty shorts if you will wear them and post a photo. You have to wear them in public, though. If we get to uh, fifteen thousand paid subscribers, this could be a good perk. How about twelve? No, okay. gotta be fifteen. All right, people, pay up. All right, so an earlier scandal in 2007, Lululemon got in trouble for claiming that one of their T-shirts had, quote, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, hydrating, and detoxifying benefits, but lab tests showed it was no different than regular cotton. It was made out of, like, seaweed. Yeah. No. And then in 2013, yeah. the founder, his name's Chip Wilson, he said that some women's bodies just aren't meant for his clothing. And by the way, he like he has a history of saying the wrong thing or maybe he thinks it's the right thing. I read multiple articles claiming that he said at one point that he named the company Lululemon because Japanese people struggle to say the letter L. And so watching them say try to say it was funny. He really he just admitted to that. No, he does not admit that. He said he's he denies uh, it. He denies that this happened. Okay. His own version of the story isn't that much better. He told the New York Times, so this was while he was working in Japan. He thought, quote, next time I have a business, I'm going to put three L's in it, and maybe the Japanese will pay three times as much for it. And the thinking there was that Japanese people would think it's like this uber-American company and value it more because the word is hard to pronounce. It's a Canadian company. He's trying to <laughs> fool them. Yeah. Do you want to say it, how Lululemon would be said in Japan? Do you want to take a stab? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna pass on that, Katie, but I think that's another good, like, higher tier perk for when we get bigger. Okay, 16,000. When, lo- when we have more to lose, I'll do that. <laughs> okay, but this does seem to be a pattern with him. Like, someone who knows Chip told me that he is a, quote, loud, brash, and hilariously prejudiced against Asian people. Oh, God. So it probably won't surprise you to learn that Chip was forced off the board of the company. He later started a website called... Elevate Lululemon that was used to criticize the company. I'm going to start a website called Elevate Barpod. No, Elevate Jesse to complain about how you're ruining my brand. I don't even understand Elevate Lululemon. What is that? Like make it better. Usually... Okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. The website is down now. Okay. So other controversies. 
In 2019, workers at a factory in Bangladesh where Lululemon products were produced claimed that they were being physically and verbally abused at work. These are people who made about $85 a month, so one pair of leggings. Jesus. Uh, yeah, and of course that didn't get as much attention as Chip making fun of Asians or in 2020, another scandal. This is a quote from The Guardian. The aspirational athletic wear maker Lululemon, famous for its expensive leggings sported by young urban professionals, is facing vigorous criticism for promoting a yoga workshop built as an opportunity to, quote, resist capitalism. <laughs> That's so the Canadian, awesome. The Canadian. The, the, Chick-fil-A should do this after the DEI drama. How is this different from, like, what every, like, what... It's just funny. This is just more bald face, but how is this any different from the CIA talking about it? Right. It's like anti-racism. You know, it's all the same shit. The Canadian headquartered international company valued at forty-five billion suggested participants will be will be able to learn how quote gender constructs across the world have informed culture and the ways violent colonialism has erased these histories to enforce consumerism. Dude, I am completely in favor of this. This is like this absolutely. Is awesome. Yeah, this is. I'm an accelerationist when it comes to this stuff. I wonder if uh, if the workshop comes with leggings. Okay, so this is a company with somewhat of a history of scandal, but it's been incredibly successful. And every yoga studio in America probably has at least a couple of Lululemon leggings in it at this very moment. But recently, Lululemon faced another scandal when two workers at this store in Atlanta were fired after the store was robbed of $7,000 of merchandise. And this brings us back to the outrage conservatives. Jesse, I'm going to ask you to watch this video and narrate it. It's some folks in face masks. No. They're just taking no. stuff. Seriously. Get out. It's just like a group of people taking stuff from Get a little lemon. Okay, and then the last shot is someone with the cameras following them out of the store as they run away. And it looks like there's multiple women who are workers chasing them out. Yeah. Okay, so this was shared on Twitter by many people, including conservative commentator Ian Miles Chong, Chong who brushed the ants off of his keyboard long enough to type. <laughs> I was going to say, whose words could barely be made out <laughs> under several feet of ants, but uh, sorry. We're, we both did good. Lululemon fired two female employees for confronting shoplifters who were ransacking their Peachtree Corners Atlanta store and calling the police on them. Andy No also tweeted it. He said, two women were fired without severance pay from an Atlanta Lululemon after trying to stop a ring of thieves that had allegedly stolen from the store repeatedly. The women believed they were fired for calling the police. Yeah, that this is like if an a evil AI came up with a story designed to outrage conservatives. It's like that perfect because you have shoplifters, you have lawlessness, you have these women, innocent women trying to do the right thing, getting fired. The criminals are black. I can see black. why this went viral. Yeah. Yeah, criminals are black, yeah. So the narrative that spread online was that Lululemon fired two employees for calling the police on shoplifters. And this was covered by the media. Here's some headlines. National Review. Lululemon fires Atlanta employees for calling police during robbery. Business Insider. Ex-Lululemon staffers say they were fired for reporting robbery to police. Sky News Australia. Absolute insanity. Lululemon staff fired for calling cops to report robbery. And the free weekend. Lululemon fires two employees who called police on masked robbers. On and on and on. And if you were following this on Twitter, what you ha would have seen was that the story quickly became another cultural war battleground. And this was the narrative. Lululemon, a store that sells yoga leggings to upper middle class women, has gone woke. The store that had a workshop on anti-capitalism has gone woke. <laughs> 
They fired these women because they called the police and probably because they called the police on black men. Go woke, go broke. Soros funded DAs. Lululemon wants to abolish the police. And uh, here's an interesting theory by Libby Emmons at the Post Millennial. Luxury athleisure brand Lululemon is advocating for the breakdown of civil society. That's the only explanation after two women were fired from a Georgia store for calling police after they were robbed by masked hooded thieves. That's the only explanation, Katie. This whole thing has been a scam. Lululemon was founded by radical anarchists. The whole point of becoming a billion-dollar company that sells leggings was to um, destroy society. It's clear now. Yeah, that's it. One pair of leggings at a time. So, Jesse, I saw all of this, and I was a little confused by these responses because before I got into the lucrative world of online journalism, I have some experience on both sides of the cash register. Okay, so what what do you mean? Okay, this is embarrassing to admit, but when I was younger, I worked at a number of corporations, including in retail. That's not the embarrassing part. The embarrassing part— I think that makes me sick that you had that kind of work. That I had real jobs. (laughs) Unlike you, who delivered pizza once. Well, twice. Twice. And I was a roofer for like six weeks. No, you weren't. I was. It did not go well. It was so hot up there. I'm sure it didn't go well. Where did you roof? Like the JCC? That's fucking anti-Semitic. Where did you roof? A synagogue? A cave full of bulls? I mean, I just can't imagine anybody looking at you and being like, he's the one we want climbing up on this roof. There was our, me and my friend, the friend actually I'm staying with in Oakland, our high school friend's father ran a contracting company. So it was a corrupt hiring process. And we were like the lowest tier roofers. You are a, a Nepo baby. I'm a Nepo baby, but for roofing, yeah. Okay. The embarrassing thing is that I used to shoplift and my fr- I'm sure this is shocking to everybody listening. And my friends and I knew all of the businesses where you could basically walk in, stuff a bunch of shit in your pants and walk out and the employees would just watch you and not say a word. We also knew the businesses that would check your bags, prosecute your ass and get your picture in the local paper. So for instance... The Gap, Banana Republic, don't and nobody take this as like direction, but the Gap, Banana Republic, Old Navy, all the brands under that parent company, the Gap Inc., they have non-confrontation policies. And hey, this also might have changed since my shoplifting days, so really don't take this as gospel. Oh, actually, I want to ask you about this because cause, cause your prime shoplifting days, are making certain reasonable assumptions about age, would have been around the turn of the century. Incorrect. <laughs> no. <laughs> You were born in like 82, we don't need, right? We don't need to talk about this. Look, we don't need to talk about this. Well, look, how did you get this information? Were there zines or like paper newsletters? How did shoplifters communicate this information about the policies? It wasn't online. Because you had friends who worked on at the store. Oh. And also like how did people get any information? I mean, how did you know, know how to smoke banana peels? <laughs> or that Alanis Morissette drank a – do you know what I'm about to say? Oh, God. Yeah. This was such a misogynistic rumor. Yeah. And it wasn't – it actually didn't start with Alanis. So the, the rumor – that was like the the 90s rumor was that Alanis Morissette had to get her stomach pumped because there was a gallon of semen in it. I don't think it started with her. I think it actually started with like George Michael or something in the in the 80s. But anyway. It's also like such a male rumor because it's like a, a woman becomes a world famous singer. Yeah. The first thing she's going to do, obviously, Blood is just queen. suck a ton of <laughs> That's all women want to do. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that is a good question. Like how did information pass before the internet? People use their fucking voices. Anyway, we had friends who worked at these stores. So wait, the the so this is like Inside Man, the movie, just like that. But with you, Rod, just like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, Walmart, they will bust you and humiliate you. 
So don't shoplift at Walmart. Office Depot will also press charges. I know this because I've never stolen anything from Office Depot. But there's this very infamous conservative anti-tax activist in Washington state named Tim Iman. And a couple of years ago, he was busted stealing an office chair from Office Depot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, it was awesome. How do you do? You just like did that he wheeled it out. He just like slowly. He fucking wheeled it out. out. Yeah, That's awesome. He did get prosecuted for that. Um. Anyway, so the point is, none of these policies are new, and none of them have to do with wokeness or abolishing the police or cheering the breakdown of society. It, it's just like this is the flip side of like the fucking outrage entrepreneurs who see a woman arguing with a black teen are like, this is about right. race. Let's blow it. It's like the, just the same shit on the other side totally. of like causing societal damage by intentionally jumping. Yes. And, and in reality, the reason that these companies have very strict policies about not confronting shoplifters is that they're covering their asses. That's it. And it's really, if you think about it for more than a fucking second, it's not hard to see why. So imagine that an employee confronts a shoplifter and gets shot and killed. That has happened. It happened at a Home Depot just last year. Or Jesus. imagine yeah. Or imagine that an employee is chasing a shoplifter and knocks into another employee or a customer and that person is injured or killed. That also happens. Someone got killed when a loss prevention guy knocked into an employee at a Walmart in North Carolina a couple years ago. The size of the lawsuit from the victim or the victim's family and the bad press is going to be much, much larger than the cost of the leggings or whatever is being stolen. So basically, these companies are concerned about lawsuits and workers' comp from employees who are pursuing shoplifters. And again, this is not new. This was the policy when I was working in retail and shoplifting in the early 2000s. And there is another reason companies very explicitly instruct their employees not to confront shoplifters. And this reason does sort of parallel some culture war issues. But it's also not new. Basically... They don't want to be accused of profiling because, again, that is a lawsuit waiting to happen. And in fact, last year, a black man was awarded $4.4 million by a jury in Oregon after he was profiled by security at Walmart. And this was not the first time Walmart has been sued over this. The Gap has also been sued. They now have a customer bill of rights. If you go to the website, it begins with this. Gap prohibits profiling in our stores. I also heard from a listener who has worked at Sephora for like 20 years, and she told me that after the singer and rapper SZA tweeted in 2019 that a Sephora employee she called Sephora Sandy had called security (laughs) on her. That's pretty good. They closed all of the stores for diversity training, and now they never call security on anyone suspected of shoplifting, and they fire people for making accusations or following shoplifters. She said, quote, I think all of retail is like that now. Is there any place where we can see like an old school painting of the founding fathers of the Gap crafting the Bill of Rights and signing it? Uh, yeah, in the the Brooklyn Museum, I think, right by that new Hannah Gadsby <laughs> exhibit. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that, yeah. but we're going to skip it. Okay, so you're saying that these are, um, first of all, some of these policies you're describing sound, obviously you don't want profiling, but some of these sound like they would actually make it very hard to confront actual thieves. But you're saying... The point is there are multiple reasons why uh, the video we saw should not be seen as inherently suspicious if you know even just a little bit about these retail policies. Right. But I think the people who were freaking out about these retail policies have never worked retail. It's just it's just really simple. These companies tell their employees not to confront shoplifters because they don't want to get sued and they don't want to have some sort of PR nightmare. Wait, wait, which retail places did you work at? The two corporations I worked for were Whole Foods and Borders Books. And then I worked for a bunch of smaller businesses, smaller like mom and pop shops. Is it weird that like now if I order something on Target where they'll go pick it out for you and you can just pick it up at the store, I feel like I'm like 
striking a blow for the little guy by buying from Target instead <laughs> of Amazon? Does that make me a good person? Uh, well, Target, well, you're doing, you're grooming when you buy, every time you buy from, from Target. <laughs> when I'm buying my, uh, uh, two-piece swimsuits yeah. for boys who talk. <laughs> okay, so what you're saying makes sense, but what about this thing about the the headlines claiming these people were fired for calling the police? Okay, I think that is entirely made up. So the story went viral after the husband of one of the women posted the footage on Facebook. His post has either been deleted or made private, but the National Review quoted from it. And here's the quote. Here's what he said. I've sat on this for long enough. It's time for an airing of grievances. If you know me, my preference is to address something, someone face-to-face and private. In this scenario, I cannot do that. And so I am left with one option to air my grievances in the public square. Approximately two... Whenever someone's like, I didn't want to make this a public But I'm making it public, yeah. They usually want to make it public. Approximately two weeks ago, my wife was terminated from her job at Lululemon for, quote, breaking employee handbook policy of not interfering with a burglary. Lululemon representatives held a Zoom call a few days after the incident to learn what Jen knew about the policy, Jen is his wife. This is posted without my wife's consent. She is not one to make a scene or want to draw attention. However, as her husband, I cannot stand idly by and say or do nothing. So he posted this on Facebook along with the video. And he doesn't say anything there about his wife getting fired for calling the police. No. But after the post went viral, the two employees, their names are Jennifer Ferguson, that's the guy's wife, and Rachel Rogers. They gave an interview to a local TV station in Atlanta. And Ferguson said this, we are not supposed to get in the way. You kind of clear a path for whatever you're going to do. And then after it's over, you scan a QR code and that's it. We've been told not to put it any notes because it might scare other people. We're not supposed to call the police not really supposed to talk about it. So I guess that is the source of the claim that they were fired for calling the police. But Lululemon denies this. And the Daily Mail got a copy of the employee handbook. Here's a quote from the handbook. Safety is our number one priority. And no amount of merchandise in the store is worth putting yourself at risk for. Lululemon has a zero tolerance policy on chasing or physically engaging with a guest when a theft or suspected theft has occurred. This also includes leaving the store to pursue a guest to gather additional information about the suspected or observed theft. So they did this. They left. The, they yelled at the guys. They followed them out the store. Which they weren't supposed to do, according to this employee handbook. Okay. And then the Daily Mail also reports, quote, The women claim the company also has a policy of reporting robbers internally instead of alerting authorities. But the employee handbook asks staff to call 911 immediately after suspects have left the store. So Could this be a difference between, like, I don't know, assuming an individual store manager has some discretion, maybe that Lululemon had a different policy or is that not, is it all standardized? Well, one of the women who was fired was the assistant manager. So. Interesting. Okay. I doubt it. I mean, this is, these aren't like, Lululemon is not like a franchise the way that McDonald's is a franchise. Yeah. It's all, okay. Gotcha. I'm just, I'm not convinced that they were fired for calling the police rather than fired for chasing the robbers out of the store. Yeah. One of those is a violation of the employee handbook. The other is not. And again, because these companies are fearful fearful of lawsuits, my assumption is that their HR department is pretty wary of wrongful termination. Now, as for whether or not they should have been fired for this, that's another question. What do you think? I mean, I don't want anyone to lose their job. It's just – no, I I don't think you should be fired for for what – based on what we saw in the video, if that was it, that they just went and kept filming the guy, I would like suspend them for a week and let them come back. It's just – if it's the the rule is that clear, you should follow it. But no, I don't think they should be fired over it. But I also don't think fucking conservatives should spread entirely different rumors. So I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. Like, it's it's really clear in the handbook. We have a no-tolerance policy about this, and so they broke the rule. And, I, and, like, knowing how corporations work and having worked for corporations, like, they don't make exceptions for people in general. Yeah. So I'm not at all surprised that they were fired, even if they were doing sort of the right thing or what they thought were, was the right thing. And I can see why retail employees would be incredibly frustrated with with this trend of shoplifting. So I'm not at all convinced. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm not sure. I see why they would be frustrated with it. I mean, what? What? They don't lose anything. They're not. Their pay is not docked for it. I mean, their pay probably isn't docked for it. But if your store isn't performing well because people are coming in and selling and stealing seven thousand dollars worth of merchandise, that's not going to be good for the store's bottom line. That would. That's like to me a key part of this. We don't know that would help decide if if by letting them shoplift, you are putting your own employment or compensation in jeopardy. I could see why they'd be pissed. I assume insurance covers. I don't think they are. I mean, if that's in the employee handbook, like yeah, no, no. But I'm saying it like I'm just saying I don't. If I'm an employee at one of these places, I say, look, I think this policy is dumb, but fuck it. It doesn't affect me to just let them shoplift, let them shoplift. I don't think places do this anymore. It's probably very illegal. But like my sister worked at a at a Waffle House when we were teenagers and. And there was a, a cook who was stealing for like from the register and they would they docked the waitress's pay from this. I thought you were gonna say he would just ladle batter directly into his pocket. <laughs> they don't have a problem with that. For someone else stealing? Because they couldn't like prove that it was this guy, oh. so they would dock everyone's pay. I, do, I highly it's doubt ridiculous. Lululemon does this. And I, I think like at a at a lot of retail places, another reason, not just because it's in the handbook, but a lot of reason that people don't confront shoplifters is because they do not give a fuck because they hate their bosses and they, they hate their jobs. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's this is like there's no reason I would not want any retail employee to take any risk to stop a shoplifter. That's not their job. The store should either change the policy or hire security if they don't want shoplifting. Right. But I don't think anybody are, is arguing that they should be like forced to go confront shoplifters. Yeah. Right. There's one terrible argument I didn't see anybody making. Um, okay, so I don't think that Lululemon fired these women because they are ACAB corporations who want to, like, defund the police and abolish the prisons. I don't think they were fired because they were white and the robbers were black. I don't think this is a culture war issue at all. That said, I think that part of the reason this resonated with people and the reason people assumed it was a culture war issue is because there is a somewhat legitimate concern about this rampant theft that you hear about in many American cities. And like a lot of leftist commentators will claim that this is all a moral panic. But it's also true that when you go to Walgreens or grocery stores, there's a lot of shit that's locked up that that wasn't before. Like in Seattle, stores are closing and they say it's because of shoplifting, because of retail theft. My former colleagues at The Stranger would argue that the problem isn't theft, it's poverty, something, something, late capitalism, eat the rich, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But this isn't just in the U.S. either. Like The Guardian had a story this week about the shoplifting crisis. And ultimately, those costs do get passed down to the consumer. So I can understand. And also, it's just like people don't want to live in a – I mean, most people, I think, don't want to live in a society where theft is rampant. Yeah, and where it's just done out in the open in broad daylight. It makes you feel like things are breaking down. It makes you feel like things are breaking down, and it also makes you feel like a fool for paying for shit if you can just walk out with it. So I understand why people are concerned about this, because it just seems like another example of societal decay. But the policy isn't new. And what's more, the thieves in this case were actually caught. They were arrested just like minutes after the robbery took place. I don't know. I just don't want people. like just. I know it says zero tolerance, but zero tolerance like as practice is usually bullshit. Just suspend them for a week and be like, don't do it again. But yeah. God, I, have you ever worked for a corporation? Uh, Papa Gino's Pizza of New England, Papa John's in Ann Arbor. And Papa John's, that counts. Yeah, I've suffered under. What the would cooling. happen if you stole pizzas? Um, given that the guy who trained me as a twenty-year-old delivery driver was 
taking giant hits of weed between delivery as he was training me, I I think they would have um, it would have been okay. I could steal pizza. That's the only reason pizza people do that job. That should be allowed. There was, I mean, the truth is. Papa Gino's, the like, which is, I think, actually good. It's a New England chain. They had such a more lax and generous policy, whereas Papa John's was much more national chain, stuff a little bit more locked down, uh, my trainer notwithstanding. So those were my experiences in retail. So you can only smoke weed between making pizzas, not while making pizzas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jesse, any questions? Uh, no, I'm furious that Lululemon is trying to cause the breakdown of society. I know. Uh, and I'm glad we have these commentators to point this stuff out. And uh, they're doing it during Pride Month, too. Can you believe that? And during Pride. During Shoplifting Pride. <laughs> it's always Shoplifting Pride Month. Uh, thank you for telling me that Lululemon story, Katie. I appreciate it. And thank you for your riveting reanalysis of the low Karen effort. story. It wasn't low yeah, effort. Right. It's also so funny. We've done plenty. Of, okay. We'll, we'll actually <laughs> tell later. Uh, <laughs> this has been Blocked Reporting. As always, we are produced with help from Tracy Woodgrains and the mysterious Lex. Thank you to them both. I'm Jesse Single, and remember, if you see someone shoplifting blocked and reported merchandise under federal law, you are allowed to gun them down from behind. And I'm Katie Herzog. And also remember, this Pride Month, don't forget to support your local LGBT podcast. The G stands for Gamer.